0: Welcome to So Dead, a podcast that routinely proves what a bad idea
1: it is to fall in love. I'm Jen Carpenter. And I'm Danny Fairman. Happy True Crime Tuesday.
0: And happy Taco Tuesday, deadheads. Today's story is a super
1: fucked up one, and one that hits very close to home for both of us, literally. I'm going to tell you about the mysterious death of a man who lived just a couple miles from me.
0: And I'm going to tell you about the murder of a man who lived just a couple
1: miles from me. And then we're going to tell you how the two are connected. On June 8th, 2015, police were called to an apartment on Edward Boulevard on Lansing's South Side. Side note, when Dave and I first started dating, he lived in these apartments. So I, like, see the floor plan...
0: I drove by them on my way to your house today. Did you? I sure did.
1: Everybody drives by them all the time if they go to Target. Or Celebration Cinema. Mm-hmm. Or Texas Roadhouse. Now you know where we're talking about. Can't yes. go to Hooters anymore, though. Nope. Or Finley's. Aww. But you can go to Panera.
0: I did go to Panera this morning. They gave me the wrong bagels, sadly. Come on, Panera.
1: <laughs> um, so, this these apartments are like super close to my current home. Yes. Like a mile, maybe two. Yeah. From where I live. Um, so this is super close to home for me. Uh, police entered the small apartment to find a strange scene. Things were tipped over and thrown about, the couch cushions had been flipped, drawers had been rifled through and left opened, and there was a conspicuous lack of dust on top of a TV stand, indicating that a TV had been there recently, but was now gone. Interesting, right?
0: It is interesting.
1: Um, dead on the floor was 67-year-old Larry Kohler. Kohler was a retired social worker from community mental health. He had curly hair, a distinct mustache, and was said by his family to give great big bear hugs, mm. despite only having the use of one arm. Larry lost functionality of one arm due to polio earlier in life. His bear hugs were so great that his grandchildren lovingly referred to him as growly bear.
0: Oh my God, that's adorable.
1: No. know. Larry's body didn't appear to have suffered any visible trauma. His only injury was a small cut behind his ear, but authorities suspected foul play due to the condition of his home, likely a burglary gone horribly wrong. Aside from household items and electronics, many guns from Larry's extensive collection appeared to be missing as well. Police investigated, but had no solid leads. Hmm. Six weeks after Larry's death, the medical examiner determined he died of natural causes. After robbing himself? Maybe he just lived like a swine. I don't know. That's probably the conclusion they came to. Right. Larry had advanced heart disease, and the doctor who performed the autopsy was shocked that he was even alive as long as he was. Wow. Yeah, so they marked natural as the cause of death on the death certificate, and basically the investigation stopped, even though the Lansing Police Department still had questions.
0: Two months later, police were called to a home on State Road in Eagle Township just northwest of Lansing. Side note, Eagle is where I live, and I drive past State Road every day on my way to and from work. So this is quite literally right in my neighborhood. Um, Police entered the home to find a grisly scene. Things were tipped over and thrown about. The couch cushions had been flipped. Drawers had been rifled through and left open, and there was a conspicuous lack of dust on top of the TV stand, indicating that a TV had been there recently, but was now
1: gone. Dead on the floor was 62-year-old Jeff Keebler. Does that sound familiar? Oh my gosh, this is like you're reading my story. Huh.
0: So Jeff Keebler grew up in the Grand Ledge area and
1: graduated from Grand Ledge High School in
0: 1971. He married Jane, the love of his life, and together they had two children, Justin and Jamie. The Keebler family settled in a home on State Street right next door to Jeff's brother, James. Jeff did construction and for many years ran his own company, Keebler Construction. Mm -hmm. Jeff was known as a goofball, a kind-hearted family man and stand-up guy who loved people and always wanted to be surrounded by loved ones. He was very family-oriented, especially after tragedy struck the Keebler household. On October 16, 1997, 17-year-old Jamie, a senior at Grandledge High School, was on her way home from school with another student, Sarah Gavea. The two girls were traveling down State Road toward Jamie's house at about 4 p.m. when Sarah's red Oldsmobile cutlass left the dirt road and struck a tree. Both girls were killed instantly just three miles down the road from Jamie's house. One of the girls' friends was the first person to happen upon the accident. Following Jamie's death, the Keebler's became even closer. Justin said his dad was his best friend and later a wonderful grandfather to Justin's three children. On August 3rd, 2015, Jane Keebler went up north for a family reunion. Jeff couldn't go with her because he had a golf outing coming up that he'd organized, but the two talked on the phone every day. On August 5th, Jeff's son Justin stopped by the house around 9.30 that night to drop off his dad's birthday present— a Michigan State University blanket. The gift was two months late, but Jeff didn't mind, especially because it gave him a reason to tease his son. (laughs) The next morning on August 6th, Jeff didn't answer any of Jane's calls, which she thought was weird, but she wasn't too alarmed. Jeff was a busy guy. A little while later, Jeff's boss at Clark Farms placed a call to Jeff's brother James and told him that Jeff hadn't shown up for work that morning, which was very unlike him. James went next door to his brother's house and opened the front door, which was always left unlocked. He found his little brother lying in a pool of blood, his house in complete disarray. Mm -hmm. Jeff had been strangled to death with a rope saw, which is exactly what it sounds like, a saw with the consistency of a rope. Rope saws are typically used to cut through tree limbs, and a lot of times hikers carry them as part of kind of their emergency plan, like if a limb falls on them or something and they have to cut it. Interesting. Um, He'd also been stabbed multiple times in the back. Mm -hmm. When someone is murdered, police always start by looking at the people closest to the victim. But authorities ruled out Jeff's wife, son, and brother almost immediately. Along with many household items and electronics, Jeff's wallet had been stolen. So authorities put a trace on his debit card. On August 6th, less than 24 hours after Jeff Keebler was murdered... His credit union contacted the Clinton County Sheriff's Department and notified them that there had been activity on Jeff's debit card. A $4 purchase of soda and miniature cookies had been made at Mike's Quick Stop in Ypsilanti, a college town about 100 miles southeast of Eagle. Police obtained surveillance footage and got their first look at the men suspected of robbing and murdering Jeff Keebler. They released photos of the suspects to the media on August 13th. The next day, on August 14th, 41-year-old Mitch Ballinger and 20-year-old Manny Martinez walked into the Lansing Police Department and identified themselves as the men in the photos after being contacted by several people about the news reports. The men were questioned separately about the murder of Jeffrey Keebler. At first, their stories were the same. They didn't know Jeff Keebler, didn't know anything about a murder. They had simply found the debit card in the grass outside Mike's Quick Stop and decided to use it to buy some snacks. But under pressure, Mitch Ballinger cracked and told police that he participated in the robbery at the Keebler home, but did not take part in the murder. Hmm. He said that a former employee of his painting business, 20-year-old Dominique Dom Harris, recruited him and Manny to help him and his fiance 24 24-year-old Alexis Pina, uh, rob a nice house. The Keebler home was chosen at random during a drive through the country the night before. So... That's terrifying to me because Mm -hmm. this is my neighborhood. Like, I can't. Um, While Mitch and Manny didn't have more than traffic violations and petty crimes on their records, Dom and Alexis had extensive arrest records for crimes including drug possession and larceny, among other things. Police described them as a modern-day Bonnie and Clyde. I'm actually a bit offended by that characterization because they were way stupider and way trashier. Uh, according to Mitch Ballinger, the plan was just to rob the Keebler home, and he was caught off guard when Dom attacked 62-year-old Jeff while he slept in his chair in front of the TV. Dom began choking Jeff with a rope saw, one of three rope saws that the group had stolen from a local store on their way out to Eagle that night. But Jeff put up a fight. Dom wrestled him to the ground as he continued to choke him, then proceeded to stab him several times in the back. Mitch said that he... Manny and Alexis just stood by and watched as this was all happening. Alexis with a smile on her face. Gross. Once Jeff Keebler was dead, the four spent hours in the house, taking whatever they could find. When police searched Mitch Ballinger's home, they found the Michigan State University blanket Jeff Keebler's son had given him for his birthday. So they even took his fucking blanket. Like (laughs) what... I feel like I'm not surprised right now. <clears throat> Mitch Ballinger and Manny Martinez were arrested for the murder of Jeff Keebler. The search for Dom Harris and Alexis Pena ended anticlimactically when it was discovered that they were already in the custody of the Lansing Police Department on other charges. Um, so one question by police about the murder of Jeff Keebler, Alexis Pena told a very different story than the one that Mitch Ballinger was trying to sell. According to Alexis, Mitch was the mastermind and had talked her and her fiancé into helping them rob the Keebler home. She said that she and Dom were in the truck the whole time and didn't participate in the robbery or the murder. Mm -hmm. But Alexis and Dom were far from innocent. There were dozens of incriminating photos on Alexis's phone and Facebook account, several of her pointing a loaded revolver at the camera. Police didn't know who to believe, but the picture was about to become much clearer. During an interview... Mitch Ballinger told detectives that Alexis and Dom had been bragging about murdering someone else a couple months earlier. They were telling friends they'd killed a man in his apartment in Lansing and gotten away with it. So the Clinton County Sheriff's Office called the Lansing Police Department and asked if they had any recent unsolved murders of older men. The Lansing Police Department immediately knew who they were
1: talking about. The LPD had always been suspicious of the circumstances surrounding Larry Kohler's natural death that June. With this new information, they reopened the case. During a conversation with Clinton County, a detective in Lansing mentioned that Larry may have had some guns stolen. And Clinton County was like, hold on. <laughs> um, they went back to the photos of Alexis posing with the revolver, and, some, and in some of the photos... It was clear enough for them to see part of the serial number. Mm. So when they ran it, guess who the guns belonged to? I'm going to guess Larry Kohler. Larry Kohler. Can you imagine, like, when they got that information back, sitting there in that room going, we thought this guy died of heart disease. They did, but they didn't. Right. Like, they were suspicious. Yeah. But, like, that aha moment of we got him. Right. You know, I would just love to be in a room when the police have that moment. Put that all together. Yeah. Um, Police question Dom and Alexis about Larry's death. At first, they deny everything. But then a friend comes forward and tells police that she drove the couple home from Larry Kohler's apartment building the night he was murdered. And they were bragging about strangling and robbing an old man.
0: Question. Why is the friend just now telling this to
1: police? (sighs) Well, I'm guessing that she was – you're yeah. about as good as the company you keep, right? True. This is true. <laughs> um, plus, you probably think sometimes people are full of shit, and they're just that, bragging. They might have been, yeah. You if know? they were trying to put off this, like, badass, gangster
0: reputation, oh, we right. just killed a guy. Oh, okay, me too. Let's <laughs> go grab some dinner.
1: Right. True. So, in the friend's defense, we'll give them that. Okay. Um. After some intense questioning, Alexis breaks. She spills the beans and tells the police that she and Dom kind of knew Larry because he lived next door to Dom's grandmother at the Capitol Village Apartments. They set up a meeting with Kohler on June 3rd, 2015 to discuss buying some guns from him. At some point during the meeting, Dom and Larry began to argue and a fight broke out. Dom strangled Larry and just left him on his apartment floor to die. Mm. The couple then ransacked the place and stole guns and other valuable items. I'm guessing one of those items was the TV that used to sit on top of the TV stand that Mm -hmm. left that dust. I bet. Um, Then they sold most of the stolen items and bought drugs with the money. Mm. So drugs are going to make you do some fucked up shit. And My advice to everybody today would be just say no. Just say no. Um, Alexis Pena and Dominique Harris each pleaded guilty to one count of manslaughter for the murder of Larry Kohler. They were also each convicted on felony weapons charges. By this time, they'd already been sentenced for the murder of Jeff Keebler. Alexis was sentenced to 20 to 60 years for the murder of Jeff Keebler and nine years for the murder of Larry Kohler. Dom was sentenced to 38 to 80 years for the murder of Jeff Keebler, and 10 years for the murder of Larry Kohler. The sentences are running concurrently, though, so neither of them will actually serve any additional time for murdering a father, grandfather, and growly bear. Mm. At sentencing, the judge gave both Harris and Pena an opportunity to make a statement. Dominique Harris remained silent, but Alexis Pena addressed Larry's two daughters, saying, The loss of a parent is something you never get over. I'm sorry. But because I don't want to give her the last words to my part of the story, I'm just gonna end it with what Larry's daughter Sarah said. And I think it's true. Um, these two took advantage of an elderly disabled person.
0: That's mm. so sad. It's and so it's sad. just pathetic because they I've seen these pictures of them, mm-hmm. right? The picture of her with the gun and pictures of them together and they definitely were trying to give off like that badass, Bonnie and Clyde, gangster vibe. You killed a disabled old man. What the
1: fuck? Right. I don't understand their sentencing though.
0: No. I so, really
1: don't understand it.
0: On that note, um, to bring it back to my story, because I kind of left two of my shitbags twisting in the wind, Mm -hmm. uh, police actually believed Alexis Pena's version of events was closer to the truth than Mitchell Ballinger's. They believed that Mitch was the mastermind behind the murder of Jeff Keebler. When he heard Dominique bragging about robbing and killing some old guy, he convinced Dom and Alexis to help him pull off a similar robbery, this time at a nice house out in the country where they might get away with more valuable loot. The objective wasn't to kill the occupants of the home, but if it had to be done, Mitch knew Don was capable of it because he'd already done it once. Um, Due to this, Mitch received the longest sentence of the four. So Mitchell Ballinger will be eligible for parole in 2060 when he is 87 years old. Manuel Martinez will be eligible for parole in 2060 when he is 66 years old. Dominique Harris will be eligible for parole in 2053 when he is 58 years old. And Alexis Pena will be eligible for parole in 2035 when she is 44 years old. For the life of me, I can't quite figure out how Ballinger and Martinez are serving more time for one murder than Dom and Alexis are for two, but I have never claimed to be that good at math.
1: Yeah, that's bananas to me. It's bullshit. It really is. It makes... I- I would not be happy if I was their family. No. Um, and then so for sources
0: for this episode, oh, yeah. um, Evil Among Us, a show on the ID channel. It was season two, episode five um, that was about this case. Mm-hmm. And then I referenced some articles from the Lansing State Journal, um, one October 18th, 97 by Margarita Bauza, um, and then a couple by Matt Manserini in
1: 2016 and one in 2015 from Christopher Banan. Okay. I reference on many from Lansing State Journal. Um, They are all written by Christopher Haxel. Okay. Um, He must have been the assigned reporter on this one. One was dated July 30th, 2017. Um, One August 6th, 2017. March 11th, 2018. April 12th, 2018. And that one was actually um, written by him and Kayla Daughtry. And I, I'm going to just be safe and say every article that Christopher wrote, I read. <laughs> it sounds like it. <laughs> and then I also read Larry's obituary on Aww. Legacy.com, which actually was quite simple. And it just said that they had private services. Yeah. Okay. So now it's file dump time. Mm-hmm. The lighter part of our episode. Um, this week, we're going to really put ourselves out there, though. We are going to tell you the things we're most self conscious about. (laughs) Okay.
0: You know what? I am going to start with what I'm not most self conscious about because it has been the thing for many years. It was um, my weight. Okay, you know, I felt like I couldn't do things until I lost twenty pounds, thirty pounds, fifty pounds. Um, I didn't want to be in pictures. There are very few pictures of me with my kids when they're very small Mm -hmm. um, because I didn't want to be in pictures. I just didn't. I was in a situation where I didn't feel worthy of like having a good life because I was overweight, and that. Makes me mad now when I think about it. Yeah, clearly, um, you know, your weight is tied to your health, and we all want to be healthy, and we all want to live forever. Of course, so those things are important. Um, but to hold yourself back and to not do things, and for me to have like maybe four pictures with my right. kids when they were little, right? Because of that, you know, anybody that's listening that maybe shies away from events or um, activities or pictures or mm-hmm. whatever. If your weight is the reason, stop. I agree. So that was the first thing that popped into my mind. And then Mm -hmm. I was like, well, no, because I'm definitely out there now. Mm -hmm. Um, And then if you lose the weight someday, that's a bonus. And if you don't, you're beautiful anyways. That's right. So I agree 100% on that. Self-conscious now, though, I would say... um, being wrong. <laughs> I hate being wrong. All right. All right. So I'm always, um, I I was talking to someone recently and they said something about, they referenced like a historian and I said, no, no, I'm not a historian because then I feel like I can never be wrong. If I'm just a podcaster or just a storyteller, it's okay to get it wrong and then you can go back and fix it later. Right. Um, but yeah. I don't like to be wrong at all. and So when I'm speaking facts, even when they're facts that I know very well, mm-hmm. I'm always worried I'm going to get something wrong. Oh. That's why I still ha- I still use notes for my tours. I've been telling these same right. stories
1: for four years, years now and, and years. I still use notes so that I don't mess up. I hate being wrong too, but I'm the first to own it. <laughs> yeah. Like if I'm wrong, I'm like, oh, my bad. Um, I would say definitely my weight. But more specifically, I would say my belly area. Mm. And I know it's definitely like, just get over it. And look, I eat cheeseburgers all the time, so I'm not doing much about it. <laughs> Oops, I hit the microphone. I'm sorry. Um, but the biggest thing about my belly area is that I haven't been asked multiple times if I'm pregnant. And I am not. Okay. She's not pregnant, guys. Not I pregnant. don't think you look pregnant. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. So I always try to hide my belly. But because we are not going to say that that's what we are self-conscious about because I do think it's important to just accept your body the way it is Mm -hmm. and if you don't like it to just do what you can to be healthy Mm -hmm. regardless of what that size is Mm -hmm. Um, I will say that I am most self-conscious about having things in my teeth (laughs) (laughs) I feel like whenever I eat food I always get shit in my teeth you think so? always
0: that's funny and
1: Dave never tells I'll be like do I have anything in my teeth and I'm like not that I can see I'm like, that's such a cop out. And I'll go right. look and I've got like five pieces of pepper in my tooth. And I'm like, come on, man, that's so rude.
0: That's so funny.
1: So yeah. That's You're also it.
0: self-conscious about tires. You always think you have a flat tire. That that's not too. a self-conscious, that's just a, that's just a like a fear. Freak out fear. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Yikes.
0: Oh my god. Well, thank you guys so much for making us a part of your day. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter and Patreon at so Podcast.
1: You can also find us online at SoDeadPodcast.com and email us your feedback and story ideas to SoDeadPodcast at gmail.com Now get out there and shine! You magnificent what the fucks?